many times do we do that in our real lives? We think like, God, this is good enough right here. And we don't even think to pray for something more or to think that there could be something greater. Do I, do I have anything in my teeth? No, looks okay. good. Teeth check. All right. You got to have a friend who's a good enough friend. You could just blatantly say, do I have teeth? Do I have food in my mouth? You know, it is really sad when, like, when you get through like a whole day of something or a whole whatever, and then you get in your car, you go home and you're like, really? I had that in there and no one told me. Right. Or the worst is if you're like out somewhere with your husband and they don't tell you, you're like, really? I had this peacock back here and at no point did it occur to you? I really but genuinely, they're like, I didn't, I didn't see that. I was like, I'm going to need you to be more on my team to see that. <laughs> it is really funny though. Cause I really don't think they do see the things that we see. You know what I mean? Like the hair or the teeth or the right. I don't know, whatever, unless it's like a boob deal or something, then they're going to notice. Right. You know? They're going to be like, is that a new shirt? That's very flattering. Right. Wink, wink. <laughs> and I did not notice. Right. <laughs> You're like, no. It for 20 years yeah anyway. so if you, don't, if you don't have a wife friend who can check your teeth for you consider us we're there for you send yes. us pictures selfies as you're going out we'll be there for you yep. yep fun fact we might even add something in our own teeth and then go out with you because that's a lot of fun and right. then smile at everyone and i mean they're like so it's so funny when you purposely do stuff like that side note right this is why we're friends. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, okay, this is so not on topic. I don't even care. You know the movie, what is it? Something about Mary when she has her hair like, yes. In college, my girlfriends and I purposely did our, sprayed our hair like that all right. of us. And we went out to eat somewhere like fancy. I don't remember where it was. It wasn't fancy. It was just like a normal restaurant, but it was amazing. And everyone's like, what is wrong with them? We were, we thought it was the greatest thing ever. Right. Um, yeah. Right. I did things like that a lot in college. I'm not sure if I ever told you I didn't date much in college. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, friend, I love you. We're special friends. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the A Wife Like Me podcast. We are pumped to be with you. Thank you so much for spending time with us. I hear from so many of you, like you comment maybe on the YouTube channel or you send us like a DM on social media and or you right. email us. You are telling us that you have so much fun with us and we love that because we have fun with you. So thank you. Um, we're so pumped to be back with, you know her, Kelly Brinkman. Hey, Kelly. Hey. Um, this is kind of a big deal because a lot has happened since we last were recording together. Right. One, I mean, I don't even know how to introduce you anymore. I really don't. I'm, I'm kind of confused about it. Like, do I just say Kelly Brinkman? Do I say um, school board? Like, what are you? What is your correct terminology now? Like, oh. spot on the school board in the in Washington. What is it? County? What district? Washington, Washington Missouri, Franklin County, Missouri. So, okay. Yeah, so, we're. Yeah. Well, I'm was I am just so thrilled and just so humbled. Like, 
First of all, if we're to talk about what it's really like running, if you've ever run for elections before, you probably already know this, but this was my first time. I and it's a little, it's a little weird, like seeing your name all over town on signs, because at some point you do have to engage in signs. Well, I think so anyway, but um, it's just strange. Like, it, you know, like you're asking people, hey, look at me. And mm -hmm. it, it was kind of surreal and super humbling when like, people I didn't even know asked me for signs or put them in their yards. I'm driving around town. I'm like, I don't even know who lives there. And so yeah. it was really humbling. And then the night of, well, the day of the election, you know, you get out to the polls and hold signs at the polling places that started at five 45 in the morning and polls were open 6.00 AM to 7.00 PM. And then afterwards we had a watch party and thankfully my husband's so supportive. My kids were wearing shirts, like vote for my mom. I'm sure that's a total strategy, right? But, <laughs> but they were so supportive. And then as the polls closed, we went around town and fetched a lot of signs. And just yesterday, I'm talking like two, a week or so after the election, I just like wiped down all the signs and kind of put them away. So it's a three-year term. So, you know, I may keep them for three years. But afterwards, we went to a watch party that night with some other people that were running. And then when I found out I won, I was like, is this really, is this true? Like, do they have to certify this? I don't know. But I was so humbled. I was the top vote getter. So even if I was ratcheted down a couple, I, there are two spots open. So maybe that second spot would kind of have to worry if they were really the vote getter. But anyway, apparently it's legit because the newspaper <laughs> called, the board president called, the superintendent called. So it was really a warm reception and just kind of dumbfounded. I was dumbfounded. And yet four days later, I had my first board training. So here we go. We're off and running. You're in like Flynn. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I think it's so cool because... I mean, so up, I'm up in Minnesota and all, you know, everyone's on like different cycles, right? For like electing all the things. I'm, right. I don't but Except by the states, right? Okay. Yeah, totally. And um, so what I love is like, when you say it's kind of awkward, like a most number of votes, I'm, that just tells me like that the parents support what your values are like the parents mm -hmm. voted for you you had the top votes because they want you to represent and care for their kids like you know so even so it's like this yeah it's you and it's also that your values are in line with what they want to be instilled <clears throat> excuse me instilled in their kids you know in the school so I just think that's cool whatever your whatever that is the people had their say right and and right now representing the schools and uh, or the kids in the in your district and I just love that so yeah thank you I think it's really important to go ahead and begin acting and those you know maybe there are wives listening who want to get involved because of their niece and nephews or just your community or your own kids and you think well, I'm not sure school board or that election just passed really just getting involved in the schools like one of the saddest things is I can no longer sub in the district because I'm an employee of the district when I sub. And then when you become on the school board, it's a different ball game. So sub in the schools, like we all know how much schools need subs right now. Definitely 
fill out the paperwork on that or volunteer to help a kid read, you know, get in the schools and get involved and support those teachers. Goodness me, bring them a coffee, bring them whatever color coded, coded folders they want, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's so, it's so true. And so many of us can't do that, that, you know, listening, you work full time or whatever, but then that's why these elections are so important because then you get to vote for someone who again has those values that are in line with yours that, that you want represented in the school. And yeah. it's just cool. But there's, again, there's like a trillion ways you could support your teachers and staff. Right. Cool. Yeah. Right. So do what you can. Yeah. Okay. And really beginning of April, hot time. You had an awakened conference. Let's catch up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell me did that we- was year two. Yeah. We, did we even talk about the first one, on the podcast? I don't even know that we did. I think we did a bit last year, but give us, fill us in. I mean, it's been a year since I've heard about that. So tell me what happened with Awaken One in Fergus Falls, Minnesota last year. And then what happened with this one? Yeah. So we had one in September. So just this fall, Awaken. And then, um, and that was completely like, God was just saying, Hey, you need to gather women and talk about this topic. And the topic in particular that we talked about at that awaken was the the fact that for so many of us we feel like may, maybe you're listening you're Christian and and you know you maybe have head knowledge or an understanding of that the fact that God is three in one God the Father God the Son God the Spirit and yet for a lot of for myself and then for some of my closest friends, we were really struggling for a while in different ways um, with with kind of the different things that led us to the same kind of like aha moment, if you will, or this, what we say, like what was kind of an awakening for us. And um, for, for one of us, it was this, like, she felt discontent. Like, is this really all there is to my faith? Like, Mm. is this is this it like I feel like I'm doing all the things but I still feel like my faith is kind of dry um for another gal she felt like um like her understanding of God was was just that like she had such an an understanding of God being this um kind of like mad father at her and so she kind of had her arms like her her posture toward God was sort of like hands crossed, like arms crossed, like, uh, you know, like there's something always wrong with me or not pleased with me. I'm not good enough for you kind of thing. Um, and so that was her kind of tension. And for me, I, I felt like my faith was so, um, I thought that Christianity was mostly about sin avoidance or sin Mm. removal, that that's, is this really what it's all about? And I felt like because it, I felt like I, I was hearing that, I felt like I just can't ever, I'm not going to be good enough at this. Like I, if that's the focus of Christianity, then I don't know that I can do it. And um, also that's not very exciting. Like, not like it has to be a big party, but like, that's it, you know? And so, and and so I felt like too, I was striving. And so that's right. kind of the the kind of the common theme with all of us too, that we just felt like there's something missing and then we're striving to like be good enough in this whole thing. And so anyway, the first awaken, we really knew that the Lord was saying, um, talk about that and share with them what I've awakened you to. Um, or I guess mm-hmm. I was saying we needed to do that. So we gathered them and we did that in, in 
September and, um, you know, really focused on the fact that many of us treat that the understanding of God is three in one. Um, like we have this understanding of who God is, the father, that he is in charge. He's in control of all things. He is creator. He is the beginning. He is the end. Like we, we understand that. We have an understanding of Jesus. Like he's my, he's our friend. Like we, we understand that he died on the cross for our sins, that we are so needy of that grace. And like every day, like, but and we can have an understanding of how he was like, um, like he could be with us, right? Like he was here, he walked the earth. And so we have that understanding. And then Holy Spirit, we're like, yeah, I mean, sure. Like, yeah. Um, and so like for, for, for all of us, we knew that what we needed to focus on, what he was asking us to focus on is just the understanding that for so many of us in our Christian walk, although we understand God is three in one, for many of us, we're treating Holy Spirit as like some optional um, add-on. Like, sure, uh, I'll have a little bit of that maybe. And, and we don't really understand who he is. And therefore we're living out of our own power. We're living out of our own strength and our own striving. Um, And we're missing intimacy with God because intimacy is through Holy spirit. We're not, Mm -hmm. we're not practicing his presence. We're not hearing from him. Um, And so anyway, so that's really what we focused on the first awaken. Um, And I knew that that's, all we were supposed to be talking about. And then we were supposed to be opening it up to really practice hearing from Holy Spirit, allow Holy Spirit to really prompt us, convict us, show us, shower us with just who we are to him. And and then I knew that the Lord was saying, open it up to just spontaneous baptisms. And so that's what we did in September. And then um, after that, you know, it's funny, we were joking just a couple weeks ago at this next awaken that we the decor people that the sweet my two good friends who like make it all pretty um they were joking like remember how last time you told us to throw everything away because we weren't going to do this again i was like yeah whoops like cuz um i didn't think we were you know um right. but so that's how good god is he's like no i want you to dive deeper into the power that comes with our position in christ at this awaken so we kind of recapped we did like kind of what we did at the first awakened night one. And then we added on, we spent Saturday really focused on our position that comes, um, the power that comes with our position in Christ. And it was so amazing. <laughs> it was so awesome. Oh. So hold up. So tell me more about um, the role of the Holy Spirit. So you went through and you said the role of Three in one, as we do at our house. If you're watching on YouTube, kind of three in one. I know, super magical. Um, But really, that's one of the things that makes Christianity so unique. And it is the role of of God the Father, and that he is our protector, our provider. Um, Also, Jesus being the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, Hebrews 13, 8 but that his role was to be that bridge between sinful us and God. You know, God is so pure and holy that we can't just like run up to him, but there's that chasm of sin right here that we have created. We keep creating, I mean, every day. Right. But that Jesus says, no, I'm going to be the bridge and lay down. So he's the connector. So the Holy spirit, tell me more about his role and what you see in God's word. Mm. 
So we know what's so fascinating and what got me for maybe a year was like, how in the world could it be better for us that Jesus would actually leave? So Jesus, before he goes to the cross, before he's crucified and buried and ascends, he tells his closest followers, he says this in John 16, seven, he says, but very truly, he's like, he's like, I mean, if we can just imagine like our very best friend, our husband, our, our um, mom or whoever, Jesus himself saying this to us, like tr- very truly, I tell you, it is for your good. And some um, translation says it's to your benefit. You're mm-hmm. going to benefit. Um, it is for your good that I am going away. Um, and I'm just looking at another, it is best for you, best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the helper, some translations call Holy Spirit, he will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So, I mean, just that in and of itself, we have to ask ourselves. And just like I'm sure the disciples asked what? How in the world could anything be better? I mean, think of having coffee with Jesus right in the flesh, like right in front of you, with you to help you wherever you go. And like, he's next to you. And like, you're seeing him do these miracles. You're watching him heal. You're watching people be saved. Like, how could anything be better than him right next to you? Um, But he's saying it's going to be better for us that he goes because if and when he goes, then Holy Spirit is going to come. Right. And what we see in the Old Testament is that Holy Spirit would, would reside upon or with people, but, but Holy Spirit never resided within. Holy Spirit could be taken from people in the Old Testament, but what happens in the New Testament is that the Holy Spirit comes to reside within believers, that we become, we become the temple for the living God, the Spirit of the living God. And in Ephesians 1, thir- uh, chapter 1, verse 13, it says that when you believed in the gospel message, when you believed, when you placed your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God put his spirit in you. It says that you were marked by the promised Holy Spirit, which is a seal guaranteeing your inheritance in heaven. So when right. you believed in Jesus Christ, when you said yes to him, when you surrendered your life to him, God put his spirit inside of you. And this is not a lesser version or a mini version of Holy Spirit. This is the same, the, this, another version, the same spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead is alive inside of us. And, and Jesus goes on and he tells his followers, like, you're going to do the works that I have done because of Holy spirit. You're going to do greater works. And, and like, that is the interesting part. Why don't we see that? So, okay, that's just one thing. So we have to understand that, like, first off, oh, yeah. How many times do we do that in our real lives? We think like, God, this is good enough right here. And right. we don't even think to pray for something more or to think that there could be something greater. That's one of the things that struck me the most about you talking about the Awaken Conference. It's being awakened to understanding that the Holy Spirit does reside in us, and it is that same Spirit that Jesus talked about. But it's also being awakened to the fact that God has something more 
in store for us. And so many times we settle, okay, I settle and settle for something that's less and God has a whole lot more to give us. Yeah. That's the striking part because what we, because so many of us Christians don't understand that it is the Holy Spirit that empowers, it is Holy Spirit inside of us that, that grows fruit. Um, it is Holy Spirit that guides, that comforts, that counsels us because we don't understand that many of us, and we aren't actually living from within Holy Spirit's power and out from that place, ministering from there. We're, we're not seeing the power of God in our everyday lives. We're not seeing the power of yeah. God in our Christian spheres because we're not living outside of the power of Holy Spirit. And we're not living out from that place. And right. that is crucial. And for so many of us, that's just how we've lived. And I, I believe that, and we talked about this at Awaken, is one of the reasons why, you know, it's just important that when we share the gospel message of Jesus Christ, we share the full gospel message. So meaning that for many of us, most often what we hear is that um, God has sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins and that whoever believes in him shall never perish, but have eternal life, shall be saved and have an eternal life in heaven. Okay. That's amazing. And that is free. That's like, what? That's what he's done. That's the work Jesus Christ has done. Um, eradicating our, our sinful nature, giving us a brand new life in him, in Christ Jesus. Oh, amazing. And now when God looks at us, he doesn't see us or our sins. He sees the blood of Jesus. Amazing. The, the part that we don't hear is that often is that not only that, but while we're here on earth, right, given us his Holy Spirit, so that when you said yes to Jesus now, he again has given you his spirit to do this whole life of Christianity, of following him. Because right. it's not you, it's not on you. You can't be that, do that, think that you could do that. Like it's not possible. It is the spirit of God inside of you that is going to empower you and equip you and move you forward and, and do anything good as you yield and surrender to him. And so yeah. we, we have to understand that like there's this, there's only two kingdoms, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of darkness. And we here on earth are to bring light into the kingdom of darkness. And the way we do that is by actually stepping into that power and authority that comes because of the Holy Spirit who resides inside of us. So, right. Yeah. You uh, cited some verses out of John 15. I was um, a chapter prior to that. I was reading John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, so this is written in red in my um, study Bible, so therefore it's the words of Jesus. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Yeah. So Amanda, you know what that's like to walk with someone through a really tough season. And even though maybe you can't fix what they're going through, you can physically be with them in those moments, in those tough times. And that, I think of that when I read this verse, because Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit will be with you forever. And to have a companion and someone who understands and walks with you through it, who 
sits on your bathroom floor and, you know, rubs your back while you're crying or is with you in the hospital as you're getting your eighth chemo treatment, right? And is with you in those really tough moments. That is the greater gift. So when I came to faith in Christ, it wasn't so much of an insurance policy as, oh, no, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. Sometimes we can be almost scared into Christian faith by thinking that like, well, I better I better grab this insurance policy real quick and I can keep living my life as I want to. But I do have this one policy because I accepted Jesus. So I'm going to go to heaven. But it's much more than that. It's really turning your whole life over to him and saying, hey, this is my day or this is the season that you've given me. What would you have me learn? For me, it was, I wanted that peace. And in John 14, we, we see that another advocate to be with you. And I needed that peace in my life right then. And I knew if I had that, kind of the rest would work itself out if I was walking with Jesus and with the counselor. Yeah. What's, what I loved about what you just said, and it, it reminded me of something we did at Awaken, which we don't see, I, you know, I fought the Lord a lot on even like doing anything um, like Awaken. I didn't really want to because I don't, um, as helpful as like events can be, um, I didn't want to just do an event just to have, I just don't like that idea. I don't, I myself often find like something is not, something is missing to this. And like, I feel sort of unsettled when I leave all, I don't know what it is. So I just like fought the Lord on it. And then Um, I knew that like, finally, as I was like, you know, sharing more with him, like, I don't want to, this is why Lord. And I don't, I don't, whatever. There's like this when I leave and I don't like different conferences or women's events or whatever, as great as they are again. But I knew he was saying, we're going to, we're going to really activate and practice Amanda. And you're going to leave room for me. One of the things that I've learned so much and I, I am learning about Holy Spirit is, um, to point people to him, not, not to give them what they need myself or give them direction myself. But what I'm learning is, I mean, okay, what we're saying right now, okay, Holy Spirit is my counselor, my advocate, my helper, my comforter. Okay, well, what that actually literally means is that when I'm not feeling peace, when I'm feeling anxious, when I'm feeling sad, I actually ask Holy Spirit to comfort me, Holy Spirit, comfort me, please. Like, Come comfort me, and I let him. Or Holy Spirit, um, show me, show me why this is so hard. Um, yeah. Holy Spirit, um, show me what you'd like me to do. Um, you know, to actually counsel us, to guide us, um, to help us means we actually look to him and ask him. And so, what I loved about the beauty of this, because it can feel very scary. And I've talked to some, um, like some other Christian leaders about this topic is they're curious, how did the Lord? So, cause here's the thing, the Lord showed up again. Okay. But I really think this is important for anybody in ministry that might be listening. We have to actually trust what he's saying and we have to give him room to say something. We have to give him room to move. 
And I think so often we just plan, 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 whether it's a Sunday morning, whether it's a, an event we're having, and we don't, we don't actually give him the opportunity to move. And we mm-hmm. don't make space for that. And so what that looked like for us was actually pausing many times and intentionally, like we, we just left space for you. We're yep. just right now we're get up, move, get to your own spot, find your own space. And we literally just would sit and whatever that, whatever we had just talked on or taught on, then we would activate that. And we'd just say, Holy spirit, come and come and comfort, come and comfort me, come and show me who I am to you. And I mean, the whole room would be weeping because he is mm-hmm. <laughs> he actually is. And yeah. I mean, duh, but so many of us have never stopped to actually in, just sit in that and, and ask him to show us who am I to you? Um, or what's on your heart, Holy Spirit, or show me what, if there are any walls up that I have around right. this or that or that. Um, and he actually does show us. And so that's the beautiful thing I'm learning, I guess, is that as we take that step of faith and like actually invite him into, if a friend calls you up and says like, Hey, this is really hard or I'm really emotional or I'm really ticked or I'm really whatever. Um, well, why don't we just pause right now and ask, ask Holy Spirit, what is it that's so difficult about this? Instead of us trying to figure out the answer, point them to Holy Spirit. He wants comfort. He wants to guide. He wants to counsel us. Um, anyway, I think you were going to say something. Right. I think that's so important to understand how the Holy Spirit works in your life. Because it is that pausing and that waiting. And I think of verses in Isaiah 30, 21, when even the people of Jerusalem left God's path, he would correct them. And one of the ways he'd do that, he'd say, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And that is when we encounter a situation, when we encounter a conversation, we don't always have to take action then. Yeah. But we can pause until we hear whether to go to the right or to the left. And that's one of the things, I mean, I so admire about our teachers is that they don't always have to respond in that moment, but they're the ones that have said, okay, your consequence is coming, you know, go sit down. We will take care of that. Good parenting books tell you that too, that it is to respond rather than react. And goodness, Amanda, if we could do that with the Holy Spirit, rather than feel this pressure to react or like, oh, I don't, I don't know what I should do. Well, I'm just going to hurry up and make that decision. Like every single decision, like this morning, I'm praying about an extra date time with my husband and I'm. I know that we would have a sitter over in that situation and I was praying about a sitter and there was a hesitancy and I'm not sure exactly why, but I thought I'm not supposed to ask that person. What about this person, Lord? And I prayed about it and was like, I feel peace about that. I'm going to see if the Lord confirms that by making them available too. So even holding out those small decisions and what does that look like? 
can be really powerful. And that's what, you know, we can hear a churchy word, which is abiding, but that means really to live with and yeah. to rely upon. Yeah. If you think of, you know, best friend, best friend relationships or mother, daughter, or a small child and a mother, there's that relationship where, oh, I have to check in with them to see what they think before I act, right? Before I do something. It is that with the Holy Spirit, but a much more mature way. And it is being comfortable in that waiting. And I'll tell you, Amanda, that the world says, go, 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 now, now, now. And that is not of the God's economy. That's not how he works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it's just a, it's a mind, it's a, um, understanding, I guess, an awakening, right. Of like this understanding of like, Whoa, I have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Right. Available already alive inside of me. But what's interesting is Paul in, um, maybe you could find it in, he tells the Corinthians, I believe who already have the Holy Spirit that to, uh, to a body of Christian believers to be filled with the Spirit. So he's telling Christians who already have Holy Spirit available and alive inside of them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So that's why we might think, you know, of Christians that, um, well, okay, so everybody, every Christian has Holy Spirit alive inside of them, but why <laughs> they're sure not living like it or whatever, right? And so that's the difference too. Like we're commanded. It's not like a, it's not like a, um, you know, Hey, this is probably a good idea, but no, we're commanded to be filled, which means literally just to be yielding and surrendered to Holy spirit, to want all of him to be moving in us and not us. And, and that's that infilling that continuous surrender and, and yielding to Holy spirit and whatever he wants to do. And then mm-hmm. just li- partnering with that. And I think that's a big thing too, is that there's no pressure on you. If you're listening, like there's no pressure on you to do or to be Holy Spirit wants to partner. You get to literally get out of the way and let him do his thing. And that's the po- that's where that's where the power comes from. That's where the infilling happens um, when we allow him to have his way. Did you find that scripture by chance? I was looking for it in first Corinthians and I've not come across it just yet. No. Um, flipping a little later, but so in my Bible, um, I have little pictures because I'm an artist. And so it helps me kind of track like a subject study throughout. And so I have this picture of like thinking of the uh, flame emoji on your phone. That's kind of what I have drawn out. And so I'm flipping through Corinthians to find all the flames (laughs) because that to me is the, the Holy spirit. So, yeah. So I think it's in Ephesians 518. Be filled with spirit. He's telling, um, be filled, be filled. And, And it's, again, he's saying that to people who, who are already, who already have Holy spirit alive inside of them. Right. So especially, Wives who think, okay, I know, I know God, goodness, I may have already been baptized, but I'm not really experiencing this freedom and what it is to have a different life. Why is that? And I think it's the key that you're talking about here. It is that abiding and it is first by starting and saying, yes, fill me, Lord. And that starts with this simple 
prayer. I mean, even, you know, if you're driving, please stop before you pray that. But uh, to pray that and to say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit and to have watchful eyes and look for him to be working in your life and rely on him to lead you which way to go. We do know that it's part of God's character that the more we trust in him, the easier it will be to recognize because he tells us if you're faithful with little, then you'll be given much. So if you start with that prayer and say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit, show me what it is to do. And he tells you to do something that may seem little or seemingly insignificant, then follow that because he's wanting to build a new path, a new connection between the two of you so that you get more familiar with what it's like to hear from him. So do that and then say, Lord, show me what it is that you want me to do and continue to do that. And he will trust you with bigger and bigger things. Mm -hmm. So those that have said, gosh, I don't know what to do in my life right now. I don't know what job to take. I don't know um, which direction to go. You kind of have to back up and it starts with those smaller things so that you know that road and that is a well-worn road when you're asking bigger questions. Mm-hmm. You, you made a comment, you said, maybe someone's like listening or watching who feels like, man, I don't have that free, I want to feel that freedom and I don't feel it. Yeah. We, that's sort of the, I mean, that kind of goes into what we chatted about on Saturday at Awaken. You know, the, we know that Christ came and he died for us to have freedom. Galatians 5 on says it is for freedom. It mm. is for freedom, not for our happiness, not for mm. our pleasure, not for our um, anything. It's for freedom that Christ died for us and came and died for us so that we could be free and live free. And so when part of all of this is like this awakening. Okay. I have not, I've been like totally neglecting the helper that, that, you know, Jesus said himself would be better for me to have than Jesus himself with me in the flesh. So I've been neglecting that and I want to live through that. And I want to surrender right. my life and understand that power and that he wants to talk to me and comfort me and guide me. The other is that this beautiful understanding and again, awakening of like, the freedom that the freedom comes when we understand the power that comes with our position in Christ. So the freedom we have to literally like we get to participate and partner with the authority we've been given because of Jesus's shed blood on the cross and his resurrection and where he is now seated uh, with, uh, with the father in heaven uh, it is, oh man, what scripture it is. Uh, Romans eight thirty four. Jesus Christ, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. And he is mm-hmm. over all, he is over all the powers of darkness. So then, so Jesus Christ is in heaven with God, the father. Okay. And then further in Ephesians two, verse six and seven says, God raised us up, you and me us up with Christ and seated us. Now this is not for when we go to heaven. He's raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. 
we can begin to understand that we are seated with Jesus Christ in heavenly places in the kingdom of heaven to do the, the work of the kingdom of God here on earth. And for us to be able to start like wanting and fighting for freedom and taking back maybe what the enemy is stolen, we have to understand that there is an enemy in a spiritual realm out to steal anything that then twist any good thing that we can actually, like our identity and our authority is in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And, and we have all authority over the kingdom of darkness because of Jesus. Right. And he's given us that so that in James 4, 7, when we submit to God and tell the enemy to flee, he flees. He flees. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ has, has all authority in heaven on earth. And therefore he has, he's telling us to, to go then and do the work of the ministry here on earth because of the power that we've, he's been given us through him. And, and that is what propels us to do all the work here on earth. And so like to, to say, I want freedom, we can begin to understand that God has given us all authority to tell the enemy to flee. So when I'm feeling anxious, when I'm, when I'm, when I've been like, I, I'll, something comes in and it is not from God in my brain. And I'm thinking, cause the enemy goes after our thoughts. I can, I can literally tell the enemy to flee, to get out of my head, to get out of my home, to get out of my kids, to get out, to get out. And he will. And mm-hmm. so like, again, I just want to go back to that statement of like, I want that freedom. Yes. It comes with being filled with the Holy spirit and activating the power and the authority we have over the enemy. So many of us are just being abused by the Holy or by the, by the enemy because we know no different. And so again, like that's a whole, maybe other conversation, but it is imperative that as believers, we actually activate the authority that we have and the power because we can hold a position of authority, which we do because of Christ Jesus, but never actually activate the power we have. So we have to activate that power and tell him to get out of us and he will. Um, but anyway, um, anyway, right. that's, that's where we begin to f- see freedom. And I mean, the, the praise reports of what God did as women were breaking these agreements, when we open the door, when we give authority to the enemy, then he lives in our brains. He, we're going to give, we're going to listen to the, the lies. We're making agreements with the lies. And then we live outside mm-hmm. of from that place. And so to see that, that God, like, completely showed these women, Holy Spirit told them, showed them the walls they've had up, had up, the lies they've been believing, the, the, I mean, tormented for 30 plus years and women now free from that. That's because not because there's any magic formula. It's literally an awakening to what you possess, the authority and power you possess as a Christian to say, get out of here. You have no authority in my mind any longer. Right. Um, so anyway, that that's where we get, begin to see that freedom. Like, show me, Holy Spirit, what I've been believing that are not true. Right. Show me what is true. Um, you know. So anyway, I just had to say that when you said about freedom. Right. So it looks like I know a lot of times when we conclude, we're we're talking about solid wife steps, and one, it's that first really awaken and invite the Holy Spirit to work in you, and that second one is to really break the lies that we believe and to pray that James, I know you 
you cited a couple of verses, so we're going to have to definitely put those in the show notes. But James 4, 7, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So it's those things that maybe keep you up at night or keep you in shame or condemnation or guilt. It's being freed from those. And that doesn't take necessarily a conference. It takes prayer between you and God and asking that he would reveal those things and then to look with anticipation as he unfolds those and he will help you unpack those and take out the lies. It's like packing a suitcase, you know, kind of an old time one, like a hard case. You take out the lies and then there's a void there and he's going to show you what the truth is to put back. So yeah. it's, it's a whole, it's a whole different ball game when you're able to tap in and say, Holy Spirit, teach me, instruct me, free me. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful and it should feel empowering and exciting. And if, you know, if you want to learn more, we will um, put a few books in the show notes too on the topic. Um, Don't Miss Out by Jeannie Cunyon is one good one. And I'm like looking at like so many over here, but um, uh, I can't even think. I'll just, I'll post more there. Well, Understanding Spiritual Warfare by Sam Storms is good. Waking the Dead by John Eldritch is good. So we'll put those in the, in the show notes. But um, I'll just, I want to end with this. It's 2 Corinthians um, chapter 5, 18 through 20. It says, and all of this, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has now given us the task of reconciling people to him. And reconciling is literally an exchange, that reconciling in the original language. So for God was in Christ, reconciling the world, all of us to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation, of this exchange that happens when we say yes to God. Um, he puts a spirit in us and this exchange for an old sin nature to a new creature in Christ, this exchange, a beautiful exchange that happens. Right. So, so we then, we, you, me, we are Christ's ambassadors here on earth. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. It is this beautiful message of, of reconciliation, of an exchange. And, and, and we all know um, Jesus' words before, probably all, if you don't, now you'll know. But Jesus' words before he, um, or no, after he, was, he died on the cross, he was buried and he, was, uh, he ascended into heaven. He came back to his closest followers. He appeared to them and, he, he, and they're like, what? They were all so scared because they didn't know, man, is this Jesus we've been following not real? Right. Like, did he lie to us? Was he, was it all a hoax? And here he comes, he appears to them and they're like, Jesus. And he's like, yes, it is me. And he says, now, therefore, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, therefore, he says, I want you to go. I want you to go. I want you to make disciples. I want you to teach them everything I have taught you. This beautiful exchange system that is possible through me. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and go to all the ends of the earth. So like, it should be so exciting that if we felt like we, our faith is dry, 
if we felt like we're tired, if we felt like, is this really it? Like, I don't understand. And my land, what a responsibility and weight this is. And hopefully we say yes to it because I just feel like the world is confused by what the heck is even the difference between non-Christians and Christians. There's no difference. In fact, Christians have, we're judgmental. Like we're giving the Christian community of Jesus a bad name because of how like yuck we can be. And I can't help but wonder like, what might our lives look like? What might our homes, our communities, our workplaces look like if we actually stepped into the, the power, the grace, the love, the truth, if we pointed people to the conviction of Holy Spirit, the beautiful, kind, loving conviction and right. beautiful story of an exchange that happens when we follow after him. And so I guess um, it's a cool like, I just want us to be hopefully like awaken. That's the prayer that this is right. beautiful and like the, the work that we do, that we are invited into partnering with him to do here on earth is literally bringing the kingdom of heaven into where we are, this kingdom of darkness here on earth. And right. that's such a cool, exciting thing. So, yeah, it's humbling and thrilling again. And if that's new for you, it's, we walk with you in that because it looks the same for you as it does for us. And that is starting by inviting the God to work in you and saying, Hey, show me um, how I can tap into the Holy spirit and understand what you want me to do. He cares about small decisions and big decisions. So it's starting with that. Yes. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Kelly. Yeah. So at the end, sometimes you let me ask you a little question, um, really looking at what we're talking about today. Give me like two tools you use to study God's word, because I know you rattled off some of those verses. I'm hoping you had some written down, but I'm thinking you had a number of those just planted in your heart. So how do those get there? Give us like two tips. What do you do to study God's word? <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm really bad at remembering things. So I think it's only because I've taught on these scriptures that I remember them. Okay. Um, so, I mean, that's a, maybe that's helpful for some people. I'm just a very, my memory is really shot. I did a lot of drugs in high school. So that's probably why for real. I'm very, I'm for real. So I think that, so I struggle with like memorization and I don't really okay. remember much. Um, but so that is one thing that's helpful when I teach on it. I, it's easier for me to remember. Um, right. I couldn't tell if you were joking, but that's good. No, good I'm to serious. Know one of the effects of that. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, good lesson for the kids. Um, then um, I guess, you know, again, so because of that, for real, I'm being honest, I have to really study hard for things. So right. one of the things, actually the best tip that I've learned or had someone, my mentor mama, she said, skip Heitzig um, has these, it's, it's the Bible from 30,000 feet. If you just like YouTube skip, if you just do like any book of the Bible or any chapter of, of a book, um, you can Google it or Google it, YouTube it, and then put like skip. It's literally S K I P. And he right. did like a, an overview, a high overview of each book of the Bible, often chapter by chapter. And so 
it's so helpful because before I read a chat, before I go into a book, I'll listen to him and I, I can't, this is not like a listen to it while you get ready kind of thing or cook. It's like, I have to have the scripture open. I'm like taking notes, pausing it, taking notes, pause it because okay. it's so helpful for me to understand what is going on. I get the context, like, right. I'm out from this. And like the Israelites have been, we have to remember where, what they just came through and like, this and, and so he, this is where he's at, or this is the community's like understanding it helps me so much go yeah. into it then. Um, so that's been huge for me. And then also in the wife like me collective, we have Natalia Drum and Michelle Rabin in there doing Bible study, breaking it down. Right. I have learned so much from that. So Don't much. You know? Yeah. Yes. So, and, and then it gets me excited to read it versus like, what am I even reading? You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't even get it. And I think hearing what you've said, I think you bring community into that where, yes, you're listening to Skip. He may not know who you are, dear, but I'm, but you listen and then compare it to God's word. You're learning from those ladies in the collective. So it's not something isolated that you do alone. That's one common thread that I see in what you're doing. Yes. I tend to, you know, I do a lot of drawings um, people will ask me, well, how do you have that verse memorized? Here you go. Here's one. Um, so I'll draw out a verse and people are like, how do you have that memorized? Well, I, I doodled that nine times to get the final version, you know, and then uh, this one, my daughter drew cause her name's at the bottom. So then you draw in the verses and those really help to kind of sew that into my heart so that I can recall those. So that's something I do. I mentioned the um, drawing the flame emoji, if you will. But then I came up with Bible study icons that are used throughout. So I look at heritage of faith. So I use a little tree for heritage or I pray for wisdom a lot. I feel like that's the cliff notes to like, let's just get to the good stuff. And so I draw a little uh, pair of spectacles there. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I do that connects study, but it also brings that out, those subjects mm -hmm. that are important to me in a season. So mm -hmm. thanks for sharing with me. Those are, you know, great things that wives can apply or we're always learning. So share some of your comments, you know, send us a DM as to what you do to study and get you in God's word. What are you showing us? I'm showing you now too, since it's sitting right here, it's the, it's the Bible that I, I love this Bible life. It's the life application study Bible. And before, do you have one like this before each book? It, it gives you again, the context, the, um, I got, I got one like that. Yeah. And I, I it's just so helpful and all the things, yeah. like, what does that have to do? And then you can read at the bottom. Like, oh, you know, so I love that too. So. Yeah. One thing I find interesting is that I've gone to Christian bookstores before to pick out a new Bible and you can kind of pick out a verse that means something to you and then open it in different versions and you see how it's described differently. That's a whole nother show. Translations, yeah. right? Yeah. Thought for thought, word for word. Yeah. But go in. The best Bible is a red Bible. So mm -hmm. as in R-E-A-D. So whatever one you read is the version that you should read. So I don't learn best in New King in uh, King James. So you know I stick with the NIV. So one of my faith fathers used NIV, and so that always kind of stuck with me. Yeah. 
love it. Ladies, we love you. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for listening. You know, we always enjoy, appreciate your questions or anything that we can help you with. We are praying for you. Um, And let's just pray for you right now. Um, Jesus, we love you. We thank you for just the opportunity to be with these women wherever they are around the world. Thank you for their hearts. Thank you for showing them how much you love them. Thank you for showing them your, um, just your unconditional presence in their lives and your faithfulness to them. And we just ask for an increase in, um, understanding an increase of wisdom an increase of, um, your presence, Lord, we, we ask for a hunger and increase in an appetite to have more of you. We, um, Father, we ask that you would remove any things we've been tolerating in our lives that take us away from you, Father, that are not um, of you, that are distracting us from you. Lord, we ask that you would um, come into our hearts, have your way in our hearts, that you would just show us, Father, what your heart is for the people in front of us and around us. Father, humble us. Um, Show us if there's any way inside of us that is not from you. And Father, may we just be quick and um, quick and ready to just respond and adjust accordingly. Father, um, we want to see your presence here on earth and your kingdom come here on earth. And so we just ask for that in our homes, in our marriages, in our families, in our workplaces, in our communities, and in our churches. Father, have your way and just show us your glory father we're all in we want all of you we want to show others who you are and the light that you bring into the darkness father so awaken us to that and just grow and build us um, more into that just that surrender and the power that you've given us to activate here on earth father we love you and it's in your name we pray amen amen Um, we're cheering for you wives thanks for checking in this week Yes, we will see you next week for an all new episode. Bye, everyone. Mm -hmm.